0: Good evening, and welcome to Mystery. I'm Vincent Price. Tonight, another exciting adventure of the world's first consulting detective, Mr. Sherlock Holmes. Holmes himself has told us, I am an omnivorous reader with a strangely retentive memory for trifles. Consequently, the range of his professional knowledge included complete understandings of uh, the properties of tobacco ashes, the shape of ears, the city of London, newspaper types, perfumes, the dating of documents, the uh, typewriter and its relation to crime, the influence of one's trade upon the form of the hand, footsteps, Bicycle tires and tattoos, among others. Tonight, Holmes gets the opportunity to put some of that exhaustive knowledge to work in one of his most popular adventures, The Red-Headed League.
1: and welcome to the LBC Irregulars, a story-by-story review of the Jeremy Brett Sherlock Holmes series produced by Granada Television between 1984 and 1994. I'm your new host, Kathy, still working on that podcast nickname, Bright. Joining me on this adventure through Sherlock Holmes is Jared, the yard sale artist, Albrick. What's up, Jared? How you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing good. I thought we settled on the MVP for your nickname.
1: Oh, well, it feels <laughs> weird calling myself the MVP, but... Own we might it. go with it.
2: Just own it. Yeah, we've got a couple of uh, fun ones tonight. We're rounding out season two, if I'm not mistaken. This is the end of the Granada season two. Uh, I swear they keep changing what is season what out there, and I have to redo it on my Plex. That's a whole other <laughs> story. And as usual, we usually you know bring each other gifts in reference to the episode. So uh, which episode did you bring me a gift from, and what is it?
1: I brought you a lovely gift from The Final Problem. I thought it might be quite the adventure to get us some tickets to the Swiss Alps. We both love the cold weather. Why not go and look at some beautiful snow-capped mountains for a while?
2: Sounds good to me. And just to make you and everybody else jealous, I've spent a fair amount of time in the Swiss Alps myself. Fancy, fancy, fancy. Now, I know you're wondering, what did I bring you? Absolutely. Well, what I did was I put an ad in the paper for a guest. And The guest needs to have a really nice goatee, and the person who answered that is Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Cristados, the founder of the Long Box Crusade, so I want to welcome him, but before I let him talk, i got to make sure this goatee is real, so let me just tug on this real quick. Ow! Yeah, there we go. It's legit. So here I give to you, Pat Sampson.
1: Welcome to the show, Pat.
3: Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. I'm so excited to talk some more Sherlock Holmes with you guys. I'm so excited. All these stuff going on around here. I got three pipe problem, but a cool 4 million isn't one of them.
2: <laughs> How long have you been cooking <laughs> that joke? Well, let's see. You That's watched both the episodes. You wrote it down. He's We wrote it down. You have to. He, I know we just watched the episodes today, so he's like, that. he was like, oh, oh, I got it. Yeah, I, I always do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, that keeps him fresh in the mind. There's nothing it, wrong that, with that.
2: I like it. I like it. Well, this is Kathy's first time with a guest. Now, Pat, you've been on the show before, back in the Gene Hendricks era. Mm-hmm, Kathy yeah. needs to fix a script where she says new host. This is like her third episode. She's yeah, not new true. anymore. Uh, but,
1: I, can uh, still, I can still use that as a crutch okay
2: i think uh, i don't think you need it to be honest with you but yeah uh welcome back pat to 221b well,
3: thank you It's great to be here you know it's always great to be here to come back i always leave stuff here and there you know it's like you go someplace you stay for a little bit you leave a little something so you make sure you can come back again
2: that's a, so, on a is
3: what that is <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah with, with my pipes Mustache and Pat Simpson <laughs>
2: <laughs> for all you sidefield people. Chris Chris <laughs> <Statos. laughs> <laughs> All right, enough shenanigans. It is now time for Kathy to give us the recap of the very first story. If you are not familiar with the Redheaded League, you're probably going to get your ending spoiled. But with that, I'll turn it over to Kathy. <laughs>
1: Jabez Wilson is a pawnbroker who has taken a rather odd additional job. Encouraged by his assistant at the pawn shop, Wilson answered an advertisement in the paper from the mysterious red-headed league and got the job, thanks in no small part to his fiery red hair. After a few weeks of bizarre work copying the Encyclopedia Britannica by hand, Wilson discovers that the league has very abruptly vanished without a trace. He takes this quandary to the lads at 221B and Holmes takes great interest in the case, sensing there is much more to the proceedings than just a highly unusual job that suddenly disappears. A bit of street-level investigating with Watson leads Holmes to discover the actual motives of the red-headed league, and it all points to a rather audacious robbery attempt.
2: Okay, now it's time for some highs and lows where we each take a look at the good, the bad, the maybe, the what-does of the episode. We start with our guest, DJ Cristados. Kick us off with the red-headed lead.
3: Well, this was an interesting one. Seeing that I've watched a little bit of this before in the Sherlock Holmes series that we covered on Saturday Matinee Theater, it was a little different take on it because I don't think Moriarty showed up or even they even discuss that in that episode at all so that's what really intrigued me on this one that moriarty is kind of behind this and sherlock figures that out towards the end of what's what's happening but i want to go back to the beginning and how fun it was kind of throughout some of this one just the fun they were having with this story especially holmes and watson in the beginning (laughs) when (laughs) mr wilson is giving his story about what they're doing and just to see two serious guys kind of start to crack up and try to keep that emotion and humor inside themselves.
1: Well, I mean, it, was, it started with Sherlock jumping over the couch when Watson yeah, arrived. Yeah. You
2: know? yep, yep. He was like, Oh, come in. You got to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> so Mr. Wilson I, was like, y'all are laughing at me. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> like yeah, we are. <laughs> Yeah, well,
3: You're the one that fell for this kind of crazy thing. But anyway, it was, Fun to see them kind of joking around and having some fun with that, uh, that I liked. The other Brett ones that I was on with Gene were more serious compared to this one.
2: I think Brett and Burke have really hit their chemistry stride here, which is a shame. Yeah. Because, you know, heads up after the end of season two, Burke gets replaced with Hardwick, Edward Hardwick. But yeah, you're right, Pat. I think they did. And let me pass it over to Kathy for her round one. Hi. low, What the?
1: Mine's going to be a high as well, but I do want to say, Pat, you are correct. As I've mentioned on the other episodes, I'm attempting to read the short stories as well. And the short story Moriarty's not mentioned in this episode at all. In the short
3: story either.
1: Correct. His first appearance is in the final problem, which is the next episode we're going to talk about. So yeah, I didn't know that Moriarty was not associated with this story at all.
3: I was going to ask how true to the novel to short story is this
1: that's what i love about this series is because some of the lines that sherlock has are word for word from the okay. short story and which i kind of love but what i was going to say is the moment i remember the most is the moment that as sherlock does and which i love watching him do explain how he knows all these details about certain individuals. Mm-hmm. And the guy looks at him once he explained it, he goes, Oh, well, I thought it was something clever, but now I come to find out there's really nothing to it at all. And the look on Sherlock's face <laughs> of disgust is like, wait, what do you what do you mean? That <laughs> I love that moment, just seeing him kind of brought down to earth a little bit. I liked it.
2: <laughs> and then he gave like a little soliloquy there about <laughs> Basically, the summary was, yeah, it all seems very simple once I've explained it to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> True, correct. <laughs> With a lot of bigger words that I was like, "What is?" Yes, yeah, like
2: it was like very poetic and it was really cool.
3: What I like about that too was, like you said, Kathy, that he's kind of looking at people and seeing when he meets Wilson. Oh, you must have been in China or somewhere Japan, or something like that, and the tattoo and all that, and he explains it, and then that he's a writer and all that, and then you get watson as well just kind of oh yeah because of your the elbow pads and all that i'm like this is a a smarter watson
1: oh absolutely than- yeah it's like every episode it's kind of a matter of fact Watson just throws it in there like, oh yeah i do this too and yeah. it's not as big of a deal as it was in the first few episodes
3: yeah it's like watson has definitely learned from Holmes, and he's like i knew that already too so that was cool
1: <laughs> and this i believe was the first time where sherlock didn't correct Watson.
3: No, that, that's what I found fascinating as well, too, is he didn't say anything.
2: He was like, yeah, you're right.
1: Well, Jared, what about you? What are your highs, lows, what does on this episode?
2: All right, my high has got to be John Labanowski as police officer Jones in this episode, working with Holmes and Watson. I like him because, you know, we're very used to Lestrade and in a lot of versions, it's sort of adversarial between... Holmes and Lestrade to an extent. This guy was like he liked Holmes, he respected Holmes. He thought he was like a little out there, you know. He's like his methods are a little out there, but you know he usually gets results. And I like the guy. And just to me, the best moment of this episode—it was just a fraction of a second. He's talking to I think Meriwether about him. He's like, yeah, you know, Holmes is a bit out there, but he gets results. He's like with a little fine tuning, he'd make a pretty good detective. <laughs> and just with no. the background, you hear. <laughs> Uh, Sherlock go off off screen he's back in his room and I just died I thought it was so funny because like Officer Jones doesn't mean anything by it like he sincerely believes what he's saying he's not trying to be mean Mm -hmm. but he's so behind the ball as opposed to Holmes but he doesn't get like he's lovable two steps behind Sherlock Holmes is basically what I'm trying to say and I think he played it really well he didn't feel adversarial it feels like he liked Holmes just thought he was a little bit weird I just really like that character and that relationship. And uh, nothing to do with my turn though, but I really appreciate you doing those short story reviews, Kathy. Cause I like I said I've read all these. I've read every every Conan Doyle Holmes, but I, it was like when I was in my teens, so I don't remember. <laughs> and I think it's really neat that they kind of injected him here. And I get why, because as we'll talk about in the final problem, he's a much bigger part like you kind of need the introduction to broaden him in the next episode so that's right that's fascinating.
1: and i will go ahead and disappoint i didn't finish the short story to a final problem before we recorded but <laughs> i could take out but they do in that short story the beginning there is a big section where sherlock talks about him and kind of does the introduction but we just get it here in this episode instead of the next episode.
2: That makes more sense. Cause then you'd have this big exposition dump at the beginning. It'd be kind of dry and boring. So this right. makes sense.
1: Okay, cool. Well, let's get
2: back to Pat for round two. What do you got, my friend? With Moriarty, it
3: was interesting that they did bring him in here earlier. Having him in this one really made sense. I mean, just the overall evilly kind of guy that you had to think through this whole process just to do what you needed to get done in order to, you know, tunnel underneath this bank, get this guy out of there. And they had all these people show up just to get, to kind of get the job. I started wondering too, and like, did they find all these redheaded people or did all these people just really show up from the
2: ad thinking they might have a chance? I think it were all people who showed up from the ad. And I love the way he just cut everybody yeah. in that long. long- I thought
1: the same thing. <laughs> oh I'm God. like, that would not happen today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: you could tell that Clay was in on it with Duncan Ross, right? You yeah. know, he's like, we don't want to wait this long line. So he yeah. like escorts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. right. d- Duncan Ross, a.k.a. Bill Nye. He does look we- like or Nye. He does. The whole time I kept
2: thinking, young-
3: is
1: that really him? Yeah.
3: <laughs> so I really liked how they introduced him, Moriarty, as well, too. And with Kathy giving us a little more detail there, that makes sense, especially... In the next episode that we'll be talking about, thank you for bringing that information because it was kind of one of my my questions. Is this the first time in the Granada series that he's introduced? Because I wasn't sure if he was introduced yep. prior to this or not. So no, this is it. Yeah, All and right. this
1: kind of shows, it helps show that he kind of has a hand-on oversight over a lot of a lot different of things. Yeah. yeah.
3: He's the kingpin before... Kingpin there you go. That's
1: a, that's a good word.
3: Yeah, he's got his hands on everything and just manipulating everything from behind the scenes to get what he wants and to do what he needs. Besides just some of the other, the fun that Watson was having, especially when Holmes got upset with Watson when he said, when he goes, weren't you just guessing that it was going to be on Saturday for the robbery? <laughs> Holmes gets mad at, come on, it's me.
1: <laughs> I don't
3: guess. I don't guess. <laughs> Definitely a good fun story. All right, Kathy.
1: I think my absolute favorite moment was. I'm gonna need you to sit here and not talk to me for 15 minutes. Watson was out. (laughs) (laughs) He fell asleep, cold asleep.
2: (laughs) Like it all clicks for Hobbes. He hops up. He's like, "Let's go." Watson's like, "Huh? What?" (laughs) (laughs) Let
1: me get. Let me get my notebook. Let me get. (laughs) Great. I just I love their relationship so much. I'm uh, I'm gonna be so nervous about the next season without. David Burke. Well, I'll save that for my pat round. If we have an extra round of what this. Pat points. Yes. Yeah.
3: Pat points. I like
1: that.
2: (laughs) I knew you would. (laughs) And I'll just round it out by saying Eric Porter was the actor that they got to play Moriarty. And man, he's got a great look. Like his face is just, it's perfect. in that it's very calculating. It's very hard. Mm -hmm. It looks very intelligent, but kind of evil. Now, I really liked him in this. I do think it's a bit more of a problem in the final problem, but I'll bring it up when we get to that one. I'll talk to you about why I I still like Eric Porter, but I have issues with him in the next one. But like this introduction, and I want to say it was this episode where when they closed the credits, it faded to like a sketch of his face. And Mm -hmm. I was just, they oftentimes, I don't know about oftentimes, but, I'm rewatching these, I don't remember, but I want to say more than one occasion we'll end with one of those sketches Mm -hmm. and the artwork, whoever drew that, it was great. Like the sketch was just great. I just stood there staring at it as the credits rolled. Like maybe it's just the artist in me, but I was like, that is a really good capture of that face of that guy's very menacing, like I said, but intelligent, calculating evil. It's all in that face. So it was pretty good casting. Okay. Do we have any other bonus things or as we call them on the show, Pat points with Pat to be here Woo. to anything left on your note sheet. You got to get rid of Pat.
3: The only other thing I have is, you know, I liked it when I'm watching these things, even though they're supposed to make you think through things, I like that they still have a little fun with what's kind of going on and man, what a mess they made of uh, Wilson's workshop uh, with, when, they, <laughs> oh, when God, they're trying yes. to catch the, the second guy, the other <laughs> robber guy. They're just like jumping around. It's like, wow, this is a really good fist fight going on. Here. <laughs> yeah, just two guys. I would have thought there would be extra constables or whoever else hanging outside. That he would open the door and be like a bunch of men just standing there with guns or something.
2: There's almost like in every episode, I feel like there's a moment where they realize they had to fill up 50 minute yeah. time limit, <laughs> and that's what it, that part felt like to be like. They were like, crap, we got to fill in like three more minutes. Hey, y'all want to smash up that set? Yeah. You <laughs> didn't even really need to show it.
3: <laughs> no, grabbing the shelf and starting to pull it down.
2: Yeah, man. Paul Wilson must have lost hundreds of pounds. <laughs> well, he
3: got a good sack he did, of money back. He
2: did get a sack of money.
3: Uh, but that brings up a good another thing on my notes, and I want to call it not so much a a little bit of a low, but there were parts where they were stretching it a little
2: bit. Like I said, I feel like in almost every episode, because they are short stories, they're trying to fill, I think it's a 50 minute time slot. Yeah. I feel it too, Pat. Like there's always like one part in every episode where I'm like, I'm filling up the time slot yeah. right now. <laughs> but you know, it also lets the story breathe a bit and it yeah, can be a true. little more relaxing. I was like, you said, we watched this episode on Saturday matinee theater for the 1954 series mm-hmm. and they told the whole thing in 26 minutes. Yeah. So can be done. All right, Kathy, you got anything, any pat points left on your notes?
1: Not really. I think just to kind of go along with what you were saying, I don't know that this is my favorite Moriarty, but I do like him a little bit better in this episode than I do the next. And I forgot to mention that as part of my second favorite moment with him in the 15 minutes, he actually says it's a three pipe problem. <laughs> and it made me think of this show. I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's where they got that from.
2: Hence Pat's introduction joke.
1: Exactly.
2: (laughs) Ooh, three pipes. And then he just sits there. I'd almost forgotten until Gabby mentioned that Watson fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) But again, that's great storytelling because it really shows it's not early in the relationship. Because if it was early and someone says, I need you to be quiet for 15 minutes, then you start to be like, What? You know, but Watson's like, Nope, I get it. (laughs) I'm going to nod off. He's going to do his thing. Oh. Got to get an
1: app in when you can.
2: But you know what? Speaking of pipes, dot, dot, dot.
1: Let's get into some pipe ratings. So, overall, what did we think of this episode? Let's discuss the rating system that we have to do just that. On a scale of one to five pipes, five, you loved it, it solved your mystery. Aha. Four, it was really good. Mm hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Three, it was all right. Mm-hmm. Two, you did not like it.
2: Mm-mm, mm-mm.
1: And one, you hated it. It threw you off of Rock and Bark Falls. Mm-hmm. So how would you rate this story, Pat?
3: Well, you know, I do my ratings on a scale of humor, heart, oh, spectacle. <laughs> 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 I'm going to give this a four. It was very good. I enjoyed. I had fun with it because it's really a fun story. And I think... What makes it fun is the poor guy that got duped makes it a fun <laughs> story. And but it is also a good kind of mystery figuring out how it all came together and just how elaborate they went to do this. What was it like a couple of weeks
1: he was doing it? I think so. That sounds about mm-hmm. right.
2: And he got the invaluable knowledge of all things under the letter A. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I do with the guy locking the doors. <laughs> good day. Hey, Lisa. <laughs> I think Sherlock actually said that at one point. He's like, well, you, you got paid all that money, and you have the invaluable knowledge of all things under the letter under A. <laughs> or it might have been Watson saying.
3: Watson said it, it when he handed him the, the money. It was good. So I am going to give it a four.
1: Jared, what pipe rating are you going to give this episode? 4.5. No further questions.
2: Understandable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's a long box. I'd give it a four or five if Joe November was on here. Mm, but i think i'll stick with pat i think it's a strong four you know a top drawer four yeah yep. <laughs> like a really four with an emphasis on it Four pipe with i'm wanting to smoke another one <laughs> yes yes that kind of a thing yeah. but no i really liked it probably the only reason it gets a four is because it's one of the stories that i'm very familiar with having seen it in other versions and all that mm-hmm. stuff it probably worked against it a little bit because like oh yeah i know the story just so i got to Enjoy the execution of it. And uh, I I really like it. It's very good. And Kathy, what do you got for us?
1: Well, I'm torn between a three and a four. I feel like it might be a little too simple. I like when they show the process of Sherlock figuring it out. I feel like this, he was just, oh yeah, they're robbing the bank. And I'm like, but how did he figure that out? But because I do love the relationship with Holmes and Watson, the funny moments we got like pat mentioned this is a much lighter lighthearted episode and i really do like the actor that played mr wilson i think i'm gonna go with you guys and i'm gonna join you in four world
2: Ooh. open the door get on the floor we all rated it a four Woo-hoo. well all right there you have the scores and they are all fours and maybe you want some mores then we have some in stores anyway here we go <laughs> Just beyond the next doors? <laughs> There's definitely more.
0: Good evening, and welcome to Mystery. For the last of our series of The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, I'm Vincent Price. Last week, we met Holmes's arch-rival, Professor Moriarty, whom Holmes called the Napoleon of Crime. Moriarty had been a professor of mathematics at a small English university, but dark rumors began to circulate about him, which caused him to resign his position. He moved to London and very quickly became the leader of organized English crime and the most vicious and skillful of Holmes's opponents. Perhaps Conan Doyle introduced Moriarty as a way of satisfying his boredom with Holmes. For after 23 stories, the author had come very tired of his fictional hero. He said, I fear that Mr. Sherlock Holmes may become like one of those tenors who, having outlived their time, are still tempted to make repeated farewell bows to their indulgent audiences. This must cease. Professor Moriarty shared those views, as we'll see tonight in The Final Problem.
2: And here is Kathy to give us a recap of the final problem. Again, if you are not familiar with the story, you might get your ending spoiled.
1: Watson arrives to an empty 221B as a disheveled Sherlock is knocking at the second story window asking to be let in. It seems he is being hunted down by the agents of his nemesis, Moriarty. Several months prior, Sherlock was called away to France for an investigation surrounding the disappearance of the Mona Lisa. Fingerprints belonging to Mendoza, one of Moriarty's henchmen, were found on the protective glass of the painting. Holmes deduced that while the painting was missing, Moriarty could sell fake paintings to gullible art lovers who would mistake them for originals. Sherlock's plan to retrieve the painting works and Mendoza is caught. Moriarty is furious and his paintings are now worthless. He visits Sherlock and threatens to destroy him if he does not withdraw. But Sherlock remains steadfast. While waiting for Scotland Yard to arrest Moriarty and his gang, Holmes and Watson seek refuge away from London but are followed across the continent. As they make their way to Rockenbach Falls, Watson is summoned back to the hotel to help a dying guest. He learns that this was a fake message to separate him from Holmes. At this same time, Holmes and Moriarty meet face-to-face at the Falls. We see Watson return, and there is no sign of either Holmes or Moriarty. In his investigation, Watson fears that the two rivals fought and both drown in the Falls. Watson is mourning the loss of his friend and writes The Last Adventure of Sherlock Holmes.
2: Okay, now it's time for the highs and lows rounds. Let's get into it and let's start with Pat. Pat, you wanna go backpacking with me in the Alps? Are we
3: wearing like short, short later yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm wearing them okay. now. <laughs> yeah, okay. Shortless? Yeah.
2: Cool. I mean, it's gonna get colder. Oh, now,
3: oh, I'm so. just wondering because I'm doing it too. <laughs> just wanted to make sure we're totally. We're good to go. Good. Okay, okay. Cool. I don't wanna say this is a low, but more of a what the. This went into really quick with moriarty and all of a sudden it's like oh he's here now and this is going on and i was like what did we miss when they start watching this like how long has this been this rivalry is like right there now in this episode and i was wondering to myself did the episodes get messed up am i missing some episodes what's happening here i was really confused on the beginning of it I guess, is it that way with the the novel as well, Kathy, in in the beginning? Does it go from the Redhead League right to this one?
1: They're not in order in the book that way. There's several chapters apart from each other. But the beginning is the same in this episode as it is the short story. But there is a section where it's, like Jared said earlier, it's exposition on Holmes telling Watson what has transpired uh, over the past several months okay. that he's been been away.
3: I'm like, too, I was like, Oh, well, I'm back. I'm like, well, where were you? <laughs> so
2: Holmes <laughs> pulled a, I bet you've been wondering
0: where, <laughs> where I've been. I am. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I was really confused in that beginning of it, but towards the end, as the story played out, I kind of got it kind of a, what the, just to be thrown in from learning of Moriarty, the last episode to all of a sudden like, Oh, this guy's been around for a little while. And the real tension is really, Ramped up to speed real quick.
2: I agree with you, Pat. The episode feels a little more disjointed because it's told in a non linear way mm-hmm. in some ways. It is much more of a chase episode than a mystery to be solved. So it is quite different and it has a whole different tone. And this is where I'm not as big of a fan of Eric Porter as Moriarty because while he has that look in this one, he has to get. Physical with Holmes, and he looks like he's about forty years older than yes, like, it's, yeah. Should not be a challenge for Sherlock yeah. Holmes. It's like, like Holmes is, beating up on his dad or something. I know, like, right? Goes, it's like it's like just one swift punch to the hearing aid is all it would take.
3: <laughs> what, what, what's What's kind of funny is in the beginning of this one, as he's getting chased by these agents. I'll switch back to another high that I had is I like the fight scenes in this. It's showing Holmes's skills. It's like this kind of secret agent-y kind of going on. Holmes has got that sneaking around and then he's pulls them all into a, an area where he really couldn't have got out of. So he goes and finds a place climbs up and then he just kicks the guy. And then after that gives him the upper hand while the other ones come in and he just kind of takes care of the other two guys real quick and then runs away out of the, trap that he was kind of in already so i like that i was like wow this is really kind of bondy
2: action homes yeah action homes i (laughs) like that i call that agent homes yeah i like that too but we've been talking a while and kathy hadn't got to chime in in around one yet what you got kathy
1: i kind of agree i felt it very disjointed i was quite confused when they're traveling i'm like like is this the plan is he wanting Moriarty to follow him is this a trap are they in pursuit of Moriarty or is Mo- Moriarty in pursuit of them? I was so completely confused. Oh, and you were talking about how Sherlock was much more physical in this episode. The first five minutes, he's hanging off of the second floor balcony that he's climbed up. <laughs> so,
2: Spider <he>, homes, spider <laughs> homes.
1: <laughs> the moment where Watson is watching Holmes and Watson sees true fear. On Holmes's face, like I love that moment between them too, because Watson's—he's concerned and scared for his friend, who he's never seen fearful like this before.
3: Yeah, Holmes has got scared. I call it the meeting of the minds. Moriarty just kind of showed up at his door, and then two smart guys—they already know how they were going to finish each other's sentences, or knew what each other was, was kind of up two. to. Yep. <laughs>
1: That was another part that confused me. I didn't understand half the words they were saying to each other. I'm like, I don't know what just happened.
2: <laughs> They're I two th- cool
1: guys, Kevin. <laughs> One yeah. of them was, uh, what did he say about trodden underfoot? I'm like, let me go look that up and see what that means. <laughs>
2: Crush him. Crush Des- him. Dis-
1: destroy him is how I worded it in my synopsis. Yeah.
3: But <laughs> Moriarty, this is a smart guy, right? The professor, and he's Holmes' equal and all that. But Holmes got him so pissed off that he's like, I'm coming to your house, and I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you, either you stop now, or I'm going to take yep. you out. And Do you exactly. want that?
1: In the short story, Holmes calls him his intellectual equal.
3: But what I wanted to bring up, though, you talk about Holmes' scareness. As Moriarty leaves and tells him, well, I guess you, you made your choice. You continue to do what you're going to do. I'm coming after you. Good day. And he starts to walk out, and then Holmes stops him. But before he stops him, you see him kind of tighten up his, the house his robe. robe. Yeah. <laughs> he tightens up that robe real quick. Cause you can kind of be in that fear and, and then want it to say, you know, I want to give you a thank you or something. And then I'm also going to tell you, screw you anyway, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. <laughs> you could tell he was scared in that action that.
1: Mm-hmm, did. Exactly.
2: Holmes missed a golden opportunity to take out that revolver and put that cat on the floor.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> in there. And I feel like that's all that could have put down was a cat. That thing was tiny.
3: <laughs> but did Moriarty have something in his cane, too? Because he kind of points it like it.
1: Oh, I don't know. Because
3: I heard something click, and then it's like.
2: I think there might have been. Like I said, it's been a few days since I watched it, but that sounds right. Cane might have been a
3: gun, too. And just to let Holmes know, you got a gun. I got one, too. Well, Pat,
2: you the thing else is it's your back top of the order.
3: Yeah, I seem like I've been talking too much about this one.
2: No, it's good that we're excited about it. We enjoy talking about it.
3: A fun part about this one that I liked is always when Holmes gets dressed up and tries to fake out people.
2: (laughs) You love the dupage.
3: Did did you get duped,
1: Pat? Did you get duped? I figured
3: he was sitting when the guy said, oh, he's already in the train in the window. I'm like, Watson, just look behind you. He's probably sitting there disguised, but they don't show it and they make you. Wait for it and wait for it. Then you finally see him, and then you see Holmes with the little nose and just kind of.
1: Yeah, that was awful.
3: Watson got duped, you know, <laughs> the
2: good old fake out of Holmes. But you know, it's fun to see Holmes do that. I like that. I liked it too. And yeah, I like Moriarty chasing him in his own little train with that <laughs> yeah. scalloped. <He> <laughs> like angry little kid, like the, you know. It was almost laughable. I thought. Came
3: and, then, and then you got this old man walking in the hills and up these hills and all that. By watching, sees him walking up. Am I crazy? Why is this old man just walking up these? Hills?
0: Yeah.
2: I Since this is the second and quasi final round, there's a couple of things I want to talk about, but I don't want to pull a pet. So I'll, I'll say I like the emotion. So I thought it was really touching, especially when, like, I think we all knew, even as the audience knew. In a rare moment, we're kind of caught with Holmes. I think we all knew he was lying to Watson about having to go back to the guest house. Like mm-hmm. He'd set that up because mm-hmm. it was basically like, I know something real bad is about to go down, and I don't want you to be a part of it. He truly loves his friend, and I, okay. I thought that was really touching.
1: Until you just said that, I never considered that Holmes did that. I assumed it was Moriarty trying to get, because I actually have in my notes that was my big disappointment in Watson. You see this guy in a cloak heading in the direction y'all have been. How is that not suspect? Was, Why do you still go back to the hotel? How do you not know that I you're leaving your friend? Took that
2: more as Holmes saw him, and because remember he even lied because Watson was like, you know, what do you see out there or something like that? I was like nothing.
1: No, and but we then knew later he was lying on, as as Watson was going back yeah. to the hotel, he runs right. into somebody halfway there.
3: Yep, you're right and it was
1: some and he kind of looked at the guy and he kind of was like Hmm. he kind of questioned it but Mm, then he kept going back and i'm like this guy's going in the direction you just came from so how
3: yeah it's the same guy that had his head out the little train (laughs) (laughs) that
2: you could see that because he's
3: like
1: (laughs)
2: my head's out the window how can you not i had forgotten that part but Yeah. yeah anyway i just thought it was you know holmes doesn't show a lot of emotion so this is a good storytelling method to show his emotion without him getting emotional. He just lied to Watson to make sure he was safe. I thought Mm. that was touching.
3: And Watson had his moment too, to say, no, I'm sticking with you. Yeah, absolutely.
2: That was touching stuff. Kathy, what do you got?
1: That was one of my favorite moments. The only other thing I think I really wanted to mention was the scenery was gorgeous. Oh, I want to go so bad. I'm not crazy about the, helicopter work maybe i assume it was a helicopter that was flying over doing some of the flyovers that was very i
2: think they used a dragon
1: <laughs> it must have been something because <laughs> it was very shaky
2: they you probably see... did like rent a copter and only get like quick shot at it so yeah yeah
1: we're talking about early 80s late 80s early 90s so TV but i did yeah. yeah but i loved the scenery the alps were oh, amazing man so.
2: the, the memories it brought back yeah having been there and then seeing it on the screen again, just tugged right at my heart. Like, they captured, they really captured. Have I mentioned I've been there?
1: Yeah, we, we heard you. Okay. Thanks. Couple times. When me and Pat go, we're not inviting yeah. you. Ooh, oh. <laughs> oh. When, you, when do you want to go, Pat? I got tickets. We can leave Jared there.
2: <laughs> I got to go back to the guest house because somebody's sick and they need my help. <laughs> and the funny thing about this one was, I can't remember when, like, Kathy was watching it. I think she messaged me, and she was like, now I know where the Reichenbach Falls joke
1: comes from. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> she's been reading that bit on the show for a while. Yeah, yeah. Now she's finally got some good times, good stuff. All right, let's do some Pat points to get anything left off of our notes. I'm going to steal one, and I'm just going to say I thought it was really cool imagery, cinematography, because when I saw the title of this episode, the first thing I thought of was Sherlock Holmes falling with that French flag wrapped around him. like Just the way that is shot, I thought mm-hmm. it was really good camera work for a TV show of the 80s. I was really impressed. with. Like, yeah, I just remembered that. that image. It was really well done. That's my only Pat Point, but Pat, it's called Pat Point, so you might as well go first.
3: Sure. Let me give you one of them. There was a quick, you know, escalation to the end of this, Holmes, right? All of a sudden, we're on to this, and they have a the confrontation of Moriarty, and then right at the end, the fight was kind of really escalated really quick. And so I guess I kind of find that a Little bit disappointing.
2: It's almost the opposite problem. You know how like at everyone you can feel there's a drawn out. It feels mm-hmm. like they ran out of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: this
1: this easily could have been an hour and a half or a two hour yeah, feature you length, know, lead, you know, Lead up episode. to that,
3: what happens at the end instead of like Ooh, we gotta get there, boom.
1: Right. I completely agree with that.
2: And then it's like you said, it's really abrupt. And then most of it's kind of told through Watson's reading of the letter mm-hmm. and kind of his. It was really cool to see him go. Kind of freak out for a minute and then go, okay, what would Holmes do? Let me start working that. You said earlier, Patty showed how smart he was putting things together.
3: When they retell it, he, I don't know if it's just his mind picturing what kind of happened. And so then they see them cinematography shows them falling and all that. And then you see them, boom, you see them hit the ground, right? I thought they went into the water. I may be wrong. I saw them look like they hit the ground by the water. Oh. But, but then, you know, he's saying, they went and drowned or went into the water and all that. So I don't know. Maybe I saw something that I, I got to do I, it myself.
1: I didn't watch it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, welcome to the network,
1: Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. but that's my
2: only, um, Pat point. for this All right, one. Kathy, any burning Pat points before we move on?
1: I don't think so. I think I covered all my notes that I had written down. And I think I already discussed how the short story is. I didn't completely finish it, but the beginning, Was very accurate, but because this was the introduction of Moriarty, there was a much larger description, exposition of what had transpired between Sherlock and Moriarty before we get these points in the episode.
2: Yeah, I mean, talked about it off recording, but this was Conan Doyle's legitimate attempt to be done with this character. I mean, this was supposed to be it. Like, okay, I invented this mastermind criminal They're going to square off. They're both going to die. There's the end of Holmes. But man, the public was not having it.
1: (laughs) No, not at all.
2: That's interesting. And so there's much, much more to come. Yeah, I am interested to see
3: what they do to change this and have them come back. It's interesting. You know, everybody knows the lore of everything, but...
1: An interesting side note from what I read, just a little while ago, if you Wikipedia Moriarty the character... Apparently, he's only in a handful of short stories. But in each incarnation of or version of Sherlock, there's more and more Mori- more Moriarty.
2: Sure. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's hard yeah. to say. <laughs> and I can't help but think, too, that our other co-hosts who will certainly appear on the show in the near future, Delvin the Dark Web Williams, is always complaining about how every Sherlock Holmes thing he does, he's not once yet <laughs> met Moriarty. <laughs> And here we have it with two episodes and Delvin's not here. (laughs) Two rare appearances. Delvin, if you're listening, trust us, he was really here. (laughs) Okay. Well, with that, there's only one thing left to do, and that's to bust out these pipes and do some ratings. And I got to hand it to Kathy for that.
1: All right. So let's discuss some more pipe ratings. Let's go over that rating system one more time. On a scale of one to five pipes, five... You loved it. It solved your mystery. Ah! Four. It was really good.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Three. It was all right. Mm-hmm. Two. You did not like it.
2: Mm-mm, mm-mm.
1: One. You hated it. It threw you off of Rock and Bach Falls. Mm-hmm. And that is the most appropriate response for this particular episode. <laughs> so, how would you rate this episode, Pat?
3: I'm gonna go with a four. It's just a straight four. I did enjoy. The story, I did enjoy learning more about Moriarty and kind of enjoyed the chase. But even though the ending was kind of escalated, I still enjoyed it.
1: All right, Jared, what about you? I think I want to join Pat once
2: again. I was feeling a three for a lot of it because of his disjointed storytelling and that it is a more of a chase episode and there's not really a mystery. But it gets that bump up because of the emotional part because of Holmes not wanting to endanger Watson Watson saying F that we roll together no matter what. So Holmes basically had to lie and concoct the BS story to remove Watson because he cared so much. And that just, that part hit me in the heart. So it's worth going to a four.
1: And I think I really agree with you. I was thinking three as well, but based off emotional scenes and the, scenic scenes. I think I'm going to give it a four as well.
2: Yeah, boy, the, you can't beat the settings. They clearly like mm-hmm. went on location to film that. And it looked so good. And yes, actually, we know. Because, you've oh, been there. never mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead, Accurate Wood. I think it's perfect. <laughs> uh, I'll
2: tell you what. I'll tell you something I did learn as I was hiking through the Alps when I lived in Europe. <laughs> All right, I've been to like there's different countries' borders there in the Alps, and here's something you might not know. You might think it's like just a straight line or a solid line. There's actually like eight or ten feet where one country stops and the other says so like eight or ten feet of like no man's land that runs the entire border. And I've often wanted to claim that. I just want to claim that eight <laughs> or ten foot strip that runs between the countries. It's kind of neat. Like you basically there's a pole that says, "Okay, this is the border of like Austria," and then ten. 12 feet later, there's another pole that says, okay, this is the border of Switzerland, but it's like, okay, so whose land is in the middle?
1: You could totally build an eight foot wide house in the <laughs> middle of that. You and know.
2: know, I'm from Alabama. I just put some trailers, just trailer, 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 trailer <laughs> right <down> there on <laughs> there. So before we ride off in our handsome cab for this episode, let's thank those Crusaders Club members who helped pay the rent here at 221B. And in case you missed it, uh, we're also doing old radio shows here on this channel. So we're really sort of bumping up our home's content. Uh, Kathy may have some special episodes in the future as well. So there's a lot more home's content in addition to this Jeremy Brett stuff. And of course, the radio shows that we've already started posting. So yeah, special thanks to the Crusaders Club members that help pay the rent and get all this bonus content out there. We're happy to give you more and more Sherlock Holmes content because it seems like you guys are enjoying it. And the fine folks who are doing that, who have joined our crusade, Well, they get early access to special long box episodes. They get to vote to determine show content, and so much more. Here are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf, Auburn
1: Elvis, Bill Beer,
2: Blast It or Stash It,
1: Braxton Underwood,
2: Captain Entropy, Clinton Robinson,
1: The Moriarty to My Homes, Dave Collins
2: you have paid me several compliments Mr. Gary Viola Gene Hendricks
1: Gerald Green
2: Jason King, Jason Lady
1: Jeremy L.
2: Jim Jamin, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman I hope you like Jim Jamin too Joe Thomas
1: Dr. John Watson
2: Josh Strickland, Candace Ward
1: Hey, it's me, Kathy Bright The MVP
2: I was going to say it if you didn't. Mark Ross. Some know him as Cluck Trent. Maxwell Traber.
1: Michael Wagner.
2: Miranda W. P. D. P.D.
1: Paul Hicks. Rick
2: from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan.
1: Ross Michaud.
2: Ryan Daly. Samantha Meany.
1: Sean Urbanski.
2: Spidey 67. Spreadsheet.
1: Steve Cronin. Tim Price.
2: Tony Pennington
1: and Toronto Cop.
2: As usual, if we missed anyone on our list, we certainly apologize. Keep in mind, we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we'll add you soon, but that's no problem. If we missed you, send us an email contact at longboxcrusade.com. We will get it straightened out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by going to slash longboxcrusade for as little as $1 a month get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club, which does come with invitations to be on shows. We recently recorded a show with one of our Crusaders Club members. It's one of the benefits you get, so if you like Sherlock Holmes and you want to talk Sherlock Holmes, patreon.com slash longboxcrusade. For just a buck, you'll get all those other benefits, and we might just toss out a, hey, who wants to be on a Holmes? Or you can reach out to us and say, hey, I joined your Crusaders Club, and I want to be on an episode, and chances are, we'll have you all Offer not available in all areas, especially for Jason. You don't have to dig a tunnel just to get to us. No, you don't. You don't have to dig a tunnel. You don't have to hike through the Alps. Nope. Just patreon.com slash longbox crusade.
1: All right, guys, that'll wrap up these two episodes. We'd love to hear from you if you're familiar with any variation of Sherlock Holmes, including the Granada adaptations. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at longbox crusade. Our email is contact at longboxcrusade.com. Our phone number, Jared?
2: 707 532 5269.
1: That's 707 532 L box. Pick out the, the phone. phone.
2: And that's where you can leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear your voicemail. We'd probably play it on the show. So if you got thoughts, 707 532 5269. And if you want to chat with me personally, I can be found at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist, or you can check out my artwares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. It does include a lot of different Sherlock Holmes book page sketches. So if this is your jam and you want affordable, cool art by me, well, you're in the right place. Kathy.
1: I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at aukathy2418, and that is Kathy with a K. Pat, what about you?
3: Well, Kathy, I am glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. I'm also here hanging about at the Longbox Crusade Studios doing other podcasty things, things until somebody kicks me off the falls.
1: I just want to say thanks, Pat, for joining us. Thank you for allowing me on the network and to host this show. And I'm glad you joined us here in the garage today to talk about some Sherlock.
3: Well, I'm glad you came to join us as well, too, Kathy, taking over for Gene. It's been uh, great to listen to you and hear you kind of evolve along your podcasting way so you're doing great keep it up and glad to have you part of the lbc family
1: thank you very much be sure to join us next quarter as we take a look at season three the return of sherlock holmes we'll be watching the first two episodes as aired on itv in england the empty house and the abbey grange i've been told that we will see a new watson in season three we are up for the adventure are you
0: On a trip to Switzerland with his wife in 1893, Conan Doyle recorded in his diary, We saw the wonderful falls of Reichenbach, a terrible place, and one that I thought would make a worthy tomb for Sherlock, even if I buried my banking account with him. Later that year, he wrote The Final Problem, sent it off to the Strand magazine, and noted coldly and laconically in his diary, killed Holmes. City employees went to their work wearing solemn mourning bands, while less dignified readers stormed the offices of the Strand and sent the author hundreds of nasty letters. There will only be a temporary interval in the Sherlock Holmes stories. The editors of the Strand rather hysterically hastened to assure their readers. But Conan Doyle stood firm. I have had such an overdose of him that I feel towards him as I do towards Patty de Foie Gras, of which I once ate too much, so that the name of it gives me a sickly feeling. Conan Doyle pursued other writings and became a world leader in the movement of spiritualism. Eight years later, when Holmes finally made a reappearance, crowds stormed the printers, unable to wait for the magazines to hit the bookstalls. Conan Doyle was knighted in 1902, and many felt, perhaps not entirely incorrectly, that this honor was due as much to the reappearance of Holmes in the Hound of the Baskervilles as to the author's public service during the South African War. Christopher Morley, the founder of New York's Baker Street Irregulars, spoke for generations of grateful fans when he commented how ridiculous that the author should only have been knighted, he should have been sainted. Until next week, and a brand new series on mystery, I'm Vincent Price. Good
1: night. Outtakes! Shut your piss! (laughs) (laughs) I need some good outtakes. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs)
2: <laughs> like How that was a total insult. Hey! Uh,
1: Why do I look like an elf every time I turn this way?
2: Because your hair oh, is covering your ear so it looks pointed.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with that.
2: But. <laughs> you look elven. Don't get she her started. She, you, if you want a Lord of the Rings podcast on the network, she is ready to go.
1: <laughs> ready right now. Let's do it.
3: <laughs> Shakira told me that the Plex don't lie.
1: Still trying to remember what it was I was going to say a minute ago. It's going to drive me crazy and I can't Stay focus. Stay on target.
2: Stay on target. <laughs> That's okay with...
1: Letting it marinate. Letting letting it. Mm-hmm. Hold, on, hold on. I can't live like that.
2: I can give you
3: some takes too. Garlic season. Onion season. <laughs> parsley season. Paprika season. That's my season takes. The season did you, did you, for loving. <laughs> did,
1: you, did you say pumpkin season?
3: <laughs> pumpkin season. Sesame season.
2: Rabbit season, (laughs) duck season. (laughs) Oh, I think we got another
1: one done. Hang on, where's my? Oh, I'm I'm trying to use my mouse on my iPad.
2: Hit rock bottom,
1: apparently. So, okay, here we go.
2: That's all right. I I have my phone here next to my. Sometimes I grab my phone and start moving it around. Like it's the mouse.
1: How are you tweeting in the middle of my podcast? What are you doing? I'm going to need you to stop that.
2: I've got skills and abilities.
1: Whatever. Wait, what am I supposed to be doing?
2: I'm the one tweeting it. I I got it all together. (laughs) Hey, 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 you know what? Here we go. Have your private chat. I can be found at the yard sale artist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. you sure that's your website or... I've also be like, been to the Alps. I <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I thought it was like the alps.com. I've been to the alps.com.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Jared, laughs> the, the yard sale the yard sale artist at alps.com. <laughs> <laughs>